You're listening to the Murphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Murphology Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy, aka Murph, and I am here to give tips and information about group bicycling and bicycle touring with a focus on the Midwest and hopefully provide some entertainment for you as well. Well, with me on the podcast today is Eric Berg. Hey, Eric. Hey, Kathy. How are you doing today? Really good. Really good. How about you? I'm great. Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun episode, I think. So Eric um, is a bicyclist, which is why he's on the podcast, but he's also the owner of a pretty cool bike packing gear company. So we're going to get into both of those things in a little bit. But how about first question I like to ask this to uh, most of the people that come on the podcast is, tell us where you live and what the biking culture is like there. Okay, yeah, well, I live in Chaska, Minnesota, which is a, a suburb of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And I would say we have a really great biking area here. Um, we have bike paths throughout our community. We can actually hop on some old railway beds and ride right down into the downtown Minneapolis area. Nice. Um, we got a nice really park reserve that has got paved paths all throughout it. And I've even got some really great single track mountain biking trails nearby I ride too. I feel like anytime I talk about like Twin Cities or Minneapolis, people brag about the bike, the bike trail options. So it sounds like you can confirm that. Absolutely. Yeah, we are spoiled with our bike trails, I think. (laughs) Awesome. And then, um, like you mentioned, single track plus paved. Is there also a good gravel riding in, in your area? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, Chaska is like one of the far suburbs of the Twin Cities. So if you just ride a little bit to the west and it's all gravel roads and, and kind of rural farmyard area. So it's it's be really great for gravel riding as well. Man, it sounds like you've got the best of both worlds. You've got inner city close by and then you also have a uh, rural. Yep. Awesome. Well, um, I'm guessing that you also bicycle because you do own a bike packing company. I'm sorry, bike packing gear company. Maybe describe why you ride. Well, for me, like I just I love being outdoors, whether it be hiking or canoeing, and I think bicycling is really a great way to enjoy the outdoors. So for me, it's really a way to get outside and enjoy nature, uh, whether it be you know going through the forest, <clears throat> riding single track, or just getting out and exploring new areas outside. Oh yeah, Def- I definitely agree. Well, have you uh, participated in any bicycling events, you know, whether it's a weekend trip or a charity ride? Yeah, I've done, um, it's called the Tour de Tonka, and it's, it's, a, it's a bike ride they put on every year. It's a fundraising event for the Minnetonka School District, oh. and it's a, it's a really fun event. They have eight races ranging from 16 to 100 miles, and it just takes you around Lake Minnetonka through the different communities, and... It's, yeah, I think last year they had 3,500 riders, so it's a pretty big event, and there's rest stops around the, uh, along the way where you can get some snacks and drinks and some live music, and it's, it's just a really fun event to get around the whole community and see the whole area. And is it a road biking event? Yep, it's a road biking event. Um, a few parts are on bike, bike paths, but it's all paved. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a one-day event even if you're doing all the 100 miles? Yep, it's a one-day event. Yep, awesome. Usually it's the beginning of August. Okay. Well, uh, tell us about a couple of biking adventures you've been on. I know we briefly talked about one before we were recording. Yeah, I've done the uh, Matahe Trail, 
Uh, twice now, actually. Yep, it's located in western North Dakota in the Badlands. So kind of in the same area where Theodore Roosevelt National Park is near Medora. Okay. Um, and it's it's all single track. It's about 100 miles long, and there's campgrounds spaced out between 18 and 25 miles apart along the trail. <clears throat> and it's all, you know, it's just Badlands. So you're, you're kind of going over buttes, going down, switchback, single track, and then across valleys and things like that. And it's... It takes about four days to do. Um, I've done it from the north to south, and I've done it south to north. And, um, yeah, it's just a really, really amazing backcountry ride. And what's the uh, terrain like? I'm assuming there's a little bit of elevation involved? or Yeah, so it's Badlands, so there it's all constantly changing terrain. I mean, you're climbing switchbacks and then riding over a butte. And you're going down, descending, switch back to the other side, and then going through kind of a wash or a river valley. Wow. There's um, there's river crossings. You get to cross the Missouri River at one point where basically up to your waist in water and put your bike on your shoulder and (laughs) hike through and and get to the other side and keep riding. Wow. And what kind of bike did you use for this? Um, I I just had a mountain bike. um, Yeah, at that time I just had my my uh older mountain bike which is said 26 inch wheels basic front suspension and rim brakes um yeah it was after the last time i did that ride where i decided to get a little more into the mountain bike and i got a new bike after that oh 29er hardtail yeah it's funny how um you know when you cross water how you lift your bike up as if you don't want to get your bike wet but yet you get your entire body wet (laughs) And yet, yeah. <laughs> and then there'll be other times when your bike sits outside, you know, for days in the rain. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're on this 100 miler. Um, and like you mentioned, it takes, you know, four days to do it. Uh, are the campgrounds like part of the trail system? Or do you um, stealth camp? Or how does that work? Yeah, so the campgrounds are part of the trail system. I mean, you can also drive to them. But they're they're actually on the trails themselves, so you kind of come to these uh, campgrounds along the way, and there's campsites there, and it was like you know you can do your campfires and your cooking, and there's um, you know pump water along the way. So yeah, that's that's the big thing is water. So you basically have to carry all your water for the day with you, and then once you get to these campgrounds, then you can pump the water out of the ground and and refill your your bladders and all that whatnot. So. Sure. And are you also carrying all your like camp gear and your food and all that stuff? Uh, so we, we did it, did not do it that way. We were kind of supported. Oh, cool. Um, where we had, you know, someone had, we basically rented a U-Haul trailer and all of our camping gear and food and stuff would go into the, into the trailer and then someone would drive it to the next campground. And then when we were riding, we just have, you know, our water, obviously, and then our lunch and whatever snacks we needed for the for mm-hmm. the day. That's the way to do it. So when you're on these sorts of bicycling adventures, you know, especially single track, have you ever come across any, like, mishaps or weird things that have happened in the middle of nowhere? Um, well, a few things. Um, we did run into a few snakes. Ooh. And I one good story, we were kind of uh, descending kind of a traverse across a steep, we're kind of descending down a steep, um, hillside and we, half of our group kind of went past this bush and then someone noticed there was a rattlesnake in the bush it was oh kind of God. coiled up and rattling and rattling at us so we were kind of separated our group was separated by this rattlesnake and you know to the right of the trail was steep uphill and to the left was steep downhill so we kind of had to wait for the snake to kind of make its way 
off the trail, which it didn't seem clear how or when it was going to move because it didn't really have very many places to go. (laughs) (laughs) But we did, it finally did kind of take off into the bush a little bit deeper and then we kind of kept going. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't want to mess with that. You don't want to put a stick and, you know, try and hurry it along. No, you definitely do not want to get too close to one of those guys. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think about rattlesnakes here in uh, Iowa. No, neither in Minnesota. We don't think about them too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you say the name of that trail was? Uh, it's the it's called the Matahay Trail. Matahay Trail. Yeah, and it's um, oh another unique thing about it is you know it's all single track and it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So to to mark the trail, um, within every every time within distance, you should be able to see like a a big wooden post. They kind of cut at an angle at the top, and then they kind of engraved the picture of a turtle in there. So that's oh. kind of how they mark the trail. So whenever you're, you should be able to see one of these wherever you're riding. So you kind of know where to go. Okay. That's pretty cool. And they also have, um, you're going through a lot of like, kind of ranch land as well. So the, you know, the ranchers don't want bikers leaving gates open for their cattle to get out. So they've actually put in and designed and put in all these self-closing gates. So once you get up to a fence, you kind of lift the gate open and then once everyone gets through, it's spring-loaded and it closes again. So oh. Kind of cool thing. Yeah. That trail. You think that it's fancy and made for the bikers, but really it's saving the cattle from getting out. <laughs> yes, it's not for the bikers' convenience. That's for, for, for the cattle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listeners, a quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by MooseTreksBikepacking.com. They've got a great line of products for bike packers. One great new product is the top tube bag. It holds a lot more than you'd expect, and I love that it has an easy one-hand access. Check out this Moose Trex top tube bag on Amazon and enter promo code MERFOLOGY to get 20% off. Well, speaking of bike packing, you are the owner of a successful line of bike packing products, um, and your company name is Moose Treks. So hopefully listeners are familiar with your brand. But do you want to give us a little bit of history about how Moose Treks came to be? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, it really came out of me becoming more interested in, in bike packing and all these different bags you see people putting on their bikes. And, you know, I was interested in in trying some of these products, but it was really the, the price was so high for a lot of these things for like the frame bags and some of these different bike packing packs that it really kind of turned me off to the whole idea of, of getting involved in it. So I, I figured, you know, there must be other people with the same, same concern or the same thought as me. So I decided that I just go ahead and, and, you know, make our own bags. So it started out with, with the frame bag. I was really interested in, in, frame bags i thought they looked really cool on bikes and it's a really great place to store gear on your bike i mean it, it keeps all the weight kind of low and within your center of gravity so it, it really doesn't affect um the handling of your bike or as much as other kind of types of packs would um so yeah we, we came out with a, a line of, of frame bags we have kind of six different sizes for two different types of bikes so we have um frame bags for kind of road bikes or touring bikes in three different sizes as well as another line of frame bags for mountain trail bikes in three different sizes. We have six different bike bike bags or six different frame bags that are kind of designed to fit pretty much any kind of bike anyone's going to have, any size or, or type of bike anyone has. Um, of course, the complaint with frame bags is like that takes away where your, your water bottle gauge would go. So next, we decided to come up with a line of, of stem bags. So it's just a little pouch that attaches to your handlebars and your bike stem. And there's a little a loop to attach to your bike fork. 
Uh, and then you can put in your water bottles, a little pouch. You could put in lots of other things too. You can put in your snacks or any other gear or your keys or wallet if you're just doing kind of casual. Or if you're like if you're like me, I have uh, one of my bikes is a touring bike that has a hub generator and it has a USB port. So I use the USB port and then the cord and the phone fit perfectly in that yeah. little stem bag. Yeah, it's a really versatile little little bag or pouch. I mean, you can put two of them on on your bike at one time. You can put one on either side of your of your bike stem basically. So, yeah, you can store a ton of stuff in there and and it's it's actually an easier place to to access your water bottle, I find, than your your cage below. So I actually use the stem bag every time I go riding, I put it on even if it's a short ride. Awesome. And when you, I want to go back to when you said, you know, hey, I decided that I was going to make my own bags. Do you have like someone in your family or are you handy actually using fabric and sewing or did you try and find somebody that could do it for you? Yeah. So I, I don't sew myself. Um, but you know, we went out and found a factory who was able to do sewing for us. That's kind of the Right. So you had your you had your vision and then you're like, I got to find somebody who can turn this vision into actually something that people can use. Exactly. Yep. Cool. And how did you pick the name Moose Treks? Right. So so, yeah, of course, I live in Minnesota and I and I love visiting the North Woods and the lakes of northern Minnesota. And um, actually, the lake we visit most often is Moose Lake oh. in northern Minnesota. So so that is kind of the combination of our our favorite lake we visit with, you know, bike packing or bike trekking. So we came up with Moose Tracks as our as our name. Perfect. I love it. And the logo is pretty cool too. So hopefully listeners can uh, pop up on your website after they're done listening to this podcast and check out your logo. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, so you mentioned um, stem bags and then you also mentioned the frame bags, but do you have like a favorite product that if anybody ever talks about bike packing, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to tell you about this. <laughs> um, well, I think stem bag is like the number one bag to check out if you're into bike packing or any type of bikers. Mm-hmm. You're really going to love that bag. But we just have a new product we just came out with, and it's a top tube bag. So it, it attaches the top of your of your bike frame right on the top tube mm-hmm. and, and attaches kind of to your head fork area. <clears throat> and it, it's like a single zipper opening, and it's really a, a large bag. So you can put your cell phone, your wallet, your snacks, all sorts of stuff in there and it's nice easy access and it's it's another great option for not just bike packers or bike tourers but but anyone commuting or just fun riders that get stuff out of your pockets or out of your backpack and onto your bike for it's easier to ride with and i own this item that you're talking about and it's super easy to get in and out of because um, the the cord is at the bottom, closest to your body, so really easy to use one finger access to get in it, um, and it's just handy. Like you know, like you mentioned, putting your phone or your wallet or keys or snacks, whatever, right there. Well, that is definitely a, a good, exciting new product that people need to check out. Yeah. Well, how do you see uh, cycling continuing to be in your future? Well, I, I hope to do a lot more cycling in the future. Um, I love exploring new single track bike trails. Um, I love getting off road into the woods and forests. I would love to do, I know I've been listening a lot to your podcast, uh, Kathy, and I think it's great and hearing about the long distance bike tours. And I would love to do some more of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I would really love one day to get, do an international, um, bike packing trip. 
Um, I think that's a great way. I, I know in my um, previous work, I've spent a lot of time traveling in you know places in Asia like Taiwan and China, and in Taiwan especially, I would I would a lot of times on weekends I would try to rent a bike from someplace, and I found that to be a really great way to kind of explore kind of outside the normal places you would go in a foreign country. Oh yeah. You know, you just get on a bike, and I would just dr- ride in one direction into the mountains or along the coast or something like that. And so I would love to do like a long distance international bike to bike touring trip. Yeah. And the, the longer that I'm in this, uh, you know, podcast or just talking about bicycle touring, uh, it's amazing how many countries are super, super bike friendly. Like they, you know, bikes almost out, uh, number vehicles. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that like, especially like Taiwan is such a great place to to visit by bike because they do have like a really good bike culture there. So there, a lot of people are cycling mm-hmm. and, um, you know, one thing you don't think about very much is it's really, you're always like within a really close bike distance of a Seven Eleven, oh. <laughs> for example, which is really great if yeah. you're doing a lot of biking. Cause one, you get air conditioning, which is nice in a, a tropical country and you know, uh, cold drinks and cheap, delicious food right there within <laughs> access all the time. So. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I was not expecting you to say that. I thought it was going to be something about <laughs> tropical jungle and exotic animals, but 7-Eleven's good too. Everyone needs a, a soda yeah, or a snack. <laughs> uh, well, we are doing this recording in December, um, which you and I both live in the Midwest. So, um, you know, each day is a mystery if it's going to be snowing and 10 degrees or sunny and 40. But um, do you have any advice to give cyclists who are trying to get through the Midwest winters? Yeah, I think probably the number one piece of advice I'd give would be to dress appropriately. Now, I know you might think that means, okay, dress warm, but you know, you don't want to wear too much because when you're biking, of course, you're, you're going to get hot and and warm and everything. So you don't want to dress too warm. So, you know, layers is a great idea. So you want to be able to, you know, take, take some layers off and hopefully have a place to put them on your bike. And then also, I think it's really great to wear breathable clothing. Um, so like when I ride in the winter, like I like to ride fat bike in the winter and, um, I wear some of my cross country skiing gear. I also like to cross country ski. So I have like a cross country ski jacket and, uh, like kind of a pants. The pants are great because they're kind of form fitting, so they don't get um, interfering with your bike chain and your and your drivetrain. Um, but it's also really breathable, and it keeps you warm enough. And the, the same thing with the jacket too. So, so yeah, I think it's really key to like dress appropriately and finding the right kind of set of clothing for for the weather that you're riding in. Yeah, and I, I've mentioned this many times on this podcast, but you always want to start out. Uh, not cold, but cool, because like you mentioned, once you start pedaling, everything heats up and you do not want to uh, get wet or sweaty at the beginning of your ride. Exactly, because then you're going to get really cold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, back to moose treks, Um, you know, you mentioned when you're riding to be able to take off layers and put them on. So there's one thing that people need to do is get some bags on their bikes, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> so, wh- um, where can people go to check out uh, your products? Yeah. So you can check out our website, which is moosetrexbikepacking.com, and you can see all of our our products on there. Um, you can also find our our gear on Amazon.com. Just search for Moose Treks, and you can find our stuff there. And it's really easy to find there as well. 
Awesome. Well, Eric, I'm looking forward to um, watching your company grow um, because bikepacking is not going to go away. Bicycling is not going to go away. So I wish you, you know, the best of luck on figuring out the products that people need before they know they need it. Right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I really had a good time. Thanks. Well, how about a touring tip? This week, I'm responding to some listener email. Brian wants me to share a few bike rides and places that I've biked. Thanks for the email, Brian. And here are a few of my favorite rides. First up is the Five Borough Bike Ride, which takes place in May in New York City. It's only about 40 miles, but the kicker, over 30,000 riders are doing this ride with you. The route goes through all five boroughs, including Manhattan, Harlem, the Bronx, Queens, and Brooklyn. It's a very well-organized ride, tons and tons of people. They close down interstates for the cyclists. Um, you go across all kinds of great bridges as well. Um, they do not allow unregistered riders. Uh, everyone wears a helmet cover, and I have seen unregistered riders being chased down and taken off the route. Now, I will tell you this ride is a little bit of a white-knuckle ride. Uh, because you have 30,000 cyclists, you've got all kinds of different abilities. You've got your fast riders out front. You've got a lot of beginner bikers. So you've got to keep your eye on the road ahead of you. I saw at least a half a dozen crashes. Uh, most of them were slow motion, but just keep that in mind if you choose to do this event. Find out more information at bike.nyc. Next up, it's not really a ride, but it's more of a location, and that's the Root River State Trail, one of my favorite places to take my bike. It's up in Minnesota. Um, it covers around 40 to 50 miles and goes through tiny towns, Lanesboro, Wayland, Peterson, Rushford, Houston, and there's also a connector trail called the Harmony to Preston Valley State Trail, and obviously it hits the towns of Harmony and Preston. There's some amazing designated camping areas, great restaurants, great bars, and all kinds of good shopping. My favorite town is Lanesboro, and that's usually what we use as our home base. There's a really cool waterfall uh, for amazing photo ops. Lanesboro boasts it's the bed and breakfast capital of Minnesota. So there must be a lot of bed and breakfast. We always camp. Anyway, there's lots of fun shops and bars, restaurants. Everything's really close to the trail, and the campground had everything that we needed. You can find out more information about the Root River State Trail at rootrivertrail.org. Riding on the Katy Trail is another one of my favorites. Uh, this trail is in Missouri. It's over 240 miles long and has 26 trailheads. There are great stops along the way. Uh, there's wineries, there's breweries. The trail is very flat and scenic. Uh, most of it is not paved, so be aware of that. Uh, one popular method of riding the Katy Trail is to ride Amtrak. So Amtrak lets riders bring their bikes on. They literally call it roll-on bike. You can park at one point, take the Amtrak to a point far, far ahead, and then pedal your way back to your car. Space is limited for roll-on bikes, so be sure to plan and call ahead. Find out more information about the Katy Trail at bikekatytrail.com. 
The last ride I wanted to tell you about is Tour de Scottsdale. Uh, This is located in Arizona. It takes place in October. They have two options, 30 miles or 70 miles. The front of the pack is more like a race, but you can definitely make this a leisure ride. The views are amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, There's nice elevation. And uh, receiving a pretty cool medal at the end was awesome. And they also have a pretty amazing after party. You can find out more information at tourdescottsdale.net. That's this week's touring tip. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Check out morphologypodcast.com to find all kinds of great info and email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. I appreciate your time today and thanks for tuning in to listen to the Morphology Podcast. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. This quote comes from Sylvester McNutt III. Everything in life starts with your mindset first and your actions second. Your actions follow your thoughts, your beliefs, and ideas. To make a shift to free your energy, start getting your mind right and then take action. Think about it.